Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio, Gina. I am so excited to have you with us today. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Yeah, I am looking forward to digging into the whole fancy world of event planning with you because I know that's what you do is, is very fancy event planning. I love events and I'm really thankful for PodMax for hosting this event today that's connecting us. And so, you know, it's going to be a fun day. I know you're doing three interviews and I'm, I'm doing three interviews and it's, it's, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a great day. I know. I was I was say, just saying earlier that I'm on the West Coast, so I feel like this is the most energetic group of people that I've ever been with at six o'clock in the morning. Right, right. <laughs> I know you, that it was seven o'clock here in Colorado, and you were at the six a.m. one, so you were really on the 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 the, the early time frame, the early time zone. So um, I honor that, totally honor that. <laughs> Thank you. So you have hosted some amazing events in your career. Um, I, I just, how did you even land in the whole event planning space that, that took you into some of the, the amazing events that you have been responsible for? Well, it's funny that you asked that because when I look back on even my high school and college years, it was so obvious that I was meant for this work, but you know, I didn't even know this was a career option when right. I was, when I was growing up, you know, there were jobs did you grow that up? just, I grew up in Seattle, Washington. Okay. And you're in yeah. LA now, right? I am. Yeah. Okay. I am. So when I look back, you know, I was always planning pep rallies and assemblies. And in my sorority, I did a lot of the social stuff and social events and whatnot. So I think those strengths were always there. That interest was always there. I just had no idea that this was even a career option. Right. And so when I was first getting out of school, I worked for a company called Onboard Media in the cruise line industry, and I was the onboard shopping expert. And oh. yes, I know I had very good training on that front. So I was more than qualified um, <laughs> and I had the credit card bills to prove it. So, but what, what I got out of that job that I think was so important was when I started doing it and they wanted me to sell shopping in the ports as an excursion, you know, this is a destination. You had to do it. You couldn't come to the Caribbean because, you know, not to date myself, but this was before eBay and before online shopping and flash sales and whatnot. A lot of people went to the Caribbean to buy luxury goods mm -hmm. and they wanted me to do gem seminars and watch seminars that talked about, you know, the fundamentals of the watch and the dials and the whatever. And I was 23 years old, super young, super blonde. And I just remember thinking, nobody's going to 
buy me as a gemologist. Like, you know, I'm going to go up there and read off a script and some 50 year old man is going to look at me and be like, I'm trusting her. So I went to my boss and asked if I could change it all to trend seminars. Cause I was like, people are going to believe me if I'm talking about what the celebrities are doing or what's on trend or what's in fashion, that is going to come across as so much more authentic because it's so much more on right. brand with who I am. How smart and you were at 23 to see that. How do I stay true to who I am in the mix of right. this? Well, and I think one thing I've always been pretty good at, and I would encourage other people to take the time to sort of think about is when you're thinking about who your audience is, you want to send messages to what's going to appeal to them. And in this instance, because it was shopping and jewelry, I was the audience. I I really did feel like uh, what would encourage me to buy or spend my money. And, and it wasn't going to be, you know, this, this watch has a dial that was handcrafted in Switzerland. It was going to be, this is the watch Jennifer Aniston wears. That's going to far more resonate with me than the mechanics of the watch. Right. And not to say those things aren't valuable, but I just think coming out of my mouth, it, it wouldn't it was have really believable much, for it to be correct. I mean, have the your, same impact. Right. No. <clears throat> and so, um, I was lucky enough to have a, a boss that encouraged me to do that. And my sales numbers were really, really strong. And I did a lot of events as, you know, a way for people to come and show off the things that they, they, uh, bought, purchased while in the, in where, the islands. Where was your cruise ship going? I mean, what was kind of the, the Everywhere. route? Highly Caribbean based, East, mm-hmm. Western and Southern Caribbean. But I also did the Panama Canal and up to Alaska <laughs> a few times. Oh, wow. Um, it was so much fun. But that job really gave me the tools to hone in on my sales and marketing skills mm-hmm. and how different cruise lines had different audiences and people that went on different itineraries were different demographics. And you really had to cure, you know, somebody going on a Disney cruise is much different than somebody going on a, you know, princess cruise per se. Right. right. And so you kind of had to skew your sales pitch and your marketing to adhere to your audience. And how did you know that when you were 23? I mean, what was the, did that come from just a natural instinct? What, what was there? I think, I think part of it was just a natural instinct, but I also think that I've always been interested in brands and I've always been interested in why do we buy the things that we do or why Mm -hmm. do we attach ourselves to the things that we do? we do. Right. And, and everything's so creative the way, you know, even now with the whole influencer market, it's interesting to me to see how brands will engage influencers and encourage content and how they take that messaging and they kind of tweak it and make it their own. So that's always been enormously interesting to me. And I think it sort of just came naturally to me. And I will say if there's one thing I know that I'm really good at is playing to my strengths. Um, going back to my college days, I had friends that were like, I'm going to be a doctor. And then they'd take organic chemistry and be getting C's. And I'm like, maybe, you know, maybe not the career for you, for you, right. if you're struggling this much, right, right. not to say that we shouldn't persevere, but I was much more like, I'm not a math person, not to say I don't enjoy math, but it just, it wasn't my passion. I wasn't a science person. I was much more of a communicator and a creative type and a people person, I'm guessing. And a people person. Absolutely. So (laughs) I felt as though I was going to do so much better if I played to those strengths. 
going back to, again, my cruise ship job where I was like, I'm not going to be authentic as a gemologist. Right. Right. So I moved to Los Angeles shortly after that. I did that job for about three years and I got involved with a destination management company that sold Los Angeles as a destination for large corporate travel and events. Mm -hmm. And I loved that job, but I booked so many events at the Mondrian that they called me in after a particular event to have a meeting with me. And I was petrified. I thought something had gotten broken or somebody had damaged some, I didn't know why they were calling me in. And when they called me in, it was to tell me that I had brought more new clients to them than their team had. And they felt (laughs) as though they should create a position for me in sales. And so I worked at the Mondrian Hotel for a few years. And then the gentleman that owned the restaurant there, Asia de Cuba, he broke off and opened up Social Hollywood, brought me with him. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I sort of outgrew every job that I had. You know, there's only so much you can do before it starts to become a bit repetitive. So I went off on my own in 2007 And I've been on my own ever since it's been almost 15 years Mm -hmm. and I've gotten to work with an incredible list of clients. So name drop because your, 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 your list is so impressive. So thank you. (laughs) I've worked with Netflix. We created a three day immersive nailed it holiday village for them where people could come and, and almost feel like they're in the show nailed it. We did a stranger things immersive experience for Netflix at the dawn of season three. We have done the LA launch of the brand Hello Bello with Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard. We did the film Parasites um, Oscar night party, um, which when they won everything, we realized that party guest list was going to be impacted greatly that night. It was definitely the place Ooh. to be. It was very <laughs> fun. I mean, they just kept winning and winning the way we were like, this is going to be oh off the rails, which it was in the best of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the a good problem to have. Yes, absolutely. A good problem to have. Um, we did, my company worked on the Vanity Fair Oscar party for about eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, my son was born eight hours after that party. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have a great photo. So were you myself. all the way, working all the way up to then? All the way up. I had him, I was due that night. I fudged it to everybody because I didn't want anybody to be nervous. The oh sheriff gosh. of West Hollywood was a very dear friend of mine. He had three daughters and he took me aside at one of the walkthroughs and he's like, when are you really due? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, and he petitioned the city to have an extra police car at the party in case my water broke that night. And so I had a police escort to take me to Cedar side. Yeah. I have a great photo of me in full ball gown, high heels in front of the vanity fair, um, press wall just out to oh my gosh that's awesome and then jake was born nine hours after that party i left at four o'clock in the morning and i had him at noon oh my goodness superwoman yeah and so so yeah so we've worked with an incredible amount of clients we've worked with hulu in style magazine warner music we did a big grammy party with them Mm -hmm. last year where lizzo performed year before last i should say where lizzo performed um so yeah, you're getting me all emotional because well, all of these events, we've been missing them for the past yeah, year. Yeah, no, totally. And I, I can't even imagine working with Lizzo. I mean, what, what, a, I mean, and so I'm just thinking about the, going back to this, this conversation around brand 
And, you know, as you look to work with each client and understanding the brand of who they are, and then stepping into creating this event and this experience for people, how do you even approach that? I mean, what's, what's your, your approach to looking at it, even have, having those initial conversations are around an event like that? Well, I think it depends on what they are trying to accomplish. So mm-hmm. for example, we did an event that I loved because it was just so colorful and so whimsical and so amazing and so empowering for the Hulu show Shrill with mm-hmm. A.D. Bryant. Okay. And Shrill is very much a show that is about women accepting their own bodies, female empowerment, um, feeling good about your, yourself and your own skin and going mm-hmm. into the world and how you manage the messages that you're being, that are being imposed on you, as opposed to the messages that you feel that you want to put out into the world. It's sort nice. of how you see the world versus how the world sees you. I don't know that show. And, I'll have to watch oh, it. It's amazing. It's, um, AD Bryant basically plays and, you know, an overweight woman who, uh-huh manages it's sort of about her life her career her relationships her friendships and these are her words not mine as a fat person uh-huh, and uh-huh. she talks a lot about how people try to impose fitness on her and how it's just very it's a it, and she kind of comes to the realization in the first season that she just doesn't care anymore that she's mm-hmm. not going to be put into a box by society or her box or her or her boyfriends or her boss, you know, or her coworkers, what have you, she's really going to own herself. Mm -hmm. And she confronts an online troll in one episode that is amazing. And so we did a rooftop pool party in downtown LA as a part of Hulu's award season campaign. And we really wanted to invoke the tone of the show, Mm -hmm. which is you're beautiful, you're strong. So we watched quite a few episodes of the show. We, we looked at the venue. We looked at the marketing materials that Hulu was putting out, what the logos looked like, what the coloring was, what the tones were of the logo and the commercials and the trailers and and all of those things. And we put together a very fun event. We took quotes from the show and we put them on these big placards that we kind of embossed into this existing gate that was there. So no matter where you went, it was sort of a message of empowerment. Mm -hmm. We hired this incredible group of some of the most amazing women uh, that were all plus size models. Mm-hmm. And they were our pool girls. So they, they were, they were walking around just being them. And yeah, they were in the pool. They were splashing. We, we hired a female DJ. Um, she played uplifting, upbeat songs. The girls in the pool encouraged other people to get in the pool. We have an image from that event that is truly one of my favorite images. All of our models and some of our guests had jumped in the pool. And there was this one woman, she was probably in her late sixties, you could tell when she got there that she wasn't sure if she was actually going to take the leap. But then I think the music and the food and the vibe, it all got to her. And she took off her clothes. She had a bathing suit underneath. And she did this arms up in the air, head up in the air. There's this pose of empowerment. She was just like, yeah. And we got a shot of it from the back. So we can see her arms up, her head back. And all the women in the pool's faces are like, oh, yeah, hey. jump on in. And that embodied <laughs> that event. But that's one of my favorite recent ones, Mm pre-COVID, because, you know, the messaging was so strong. So it's sort of like with any client, 
what we take a look at is what are, what are you trying to convey and how do we do that through decor, through guest list, through entertainment, through the food and beverage and all of the little details, because we want every little thing in one of our events to be curated so that the guest, whether it's obvious or not, is having an A to Z experience right. where that brand is just sort of peppering their soul at every tier. Mm, I love it. And I love that you look at it from every aspect. So I, I run a lot of events. I, I run a, an annual women's conference and oh, amazing! I know. And I love that event. And so when I'm just thinking through, it's like, what are all the different touch points? Um, you're even giving me ideas. It's like, you know, how do you take this one step deeper? Because there's one, there's one element of, you know, creating a, a great event, but when you make it just truly magical with all the aspects of who you are, I think that that's, um, is there ways that you can go, that you go deeper with your clients? You go, okay, how do we go one step deeper with this? I think it really just comes down to every brand has an underlying message mm -hmm. and we need to tap into that because mm -hmm. if you're having an event, it's because you want people to see who you are right. and you want people to see what your value is. You know, even as something as simple as a, a birthday party, you know, what, what is it that you're celebrating and you know, is there a theme? If there's a theme, like there's all these things that you can kind of, you know, balance into and, right, and right. lean into. But when you're doing it for a brand, you have to really look at what is the value that this brand is bringing to the market. So another good example of this is Hello Bello, which is a high quality organic diaper and baby and kid product line that Kristen, um, Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard own. And it's basically quality baby products at a very low price because mm -hmm. they're very passionate about the idea as am I, that you shouldn't have to, you know, you shouldn't have to pick between quality products for your child and price, you know, organic high quality products shouldn't be for just the middle and upper classes. Like it nice. should be for everybody. And they're very passionate about that. And Kristen does a lot of charity work and she, wanted to be able to, instead of going out to brands that she knew for donations, she wanted to be more in control of that and say, we're going to make charity and give back to the community, a part of our brand culture with this brand that we're launching. Mm -hmm. And so we did their LA launch party up off of Sunset Boulevard at a, at the one hotel. And it was so important to think about what was important to them. And how do we convey that through this event, the charitable gift bag, or, or excuse me, the charitable give back, the elements of the product, the organic nature of the product. So we really had to, and also it's a baby line. So we wanted to be whimsical. You know, nobody right. wants to go to a party for a baby line and have it be super heavy, right, <laughs> dark, right. you know, we wanted it to be light and airy. So I think one of the most fun parts of my job is definitely those initial meetings and those think tank moments where I get to really dive into what are they trying to convey? And then how do we take that messaging and turn it into food, beverage, decor, color schemes? You know, what would I want to walk into and how do I both obviously and not obviously make that very much resonate with the guests that are being invited to this event? So yeah. it's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches, and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about PodMax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next PodMax event. Where do you get your design inspiration as you start to actually execute on on the ideas? Where did the the design inspiration come from? I always love a clean look. Even if we work with brands that have a lot, you know, a lot going on, Mm -hmm. I always like to make sure that everything is very clean and concise. Mm -hmm. So I get a lot of my inspiration based on two things. Number one, who we're working with. And number two, where we're doing the event. You know, it's so funny to me. I think one one mistake, I don't want to say mistake, but mistake, I guess for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that people make is that they pick venues to do their event that don't match their aesthetic, especially if they're working on a budget. Mm -hmm. So if you want, you know, a very modern, minimalistic look and you're picking a hotel that has, you know, very garish carpeting and a lot going on and wallpaper and whatnot, it takes a lot more to mask those things. So I think that venue selection is enormously important when you're doing events like this, Mm -hmm. because it gives you a palette that's going to, again, spread that message all the way across. Mm, I love that. I love that. When I host my my conference that I host every year, I was hosting it at a, a boutique hotel in, in a little Western mining town um, that was on a creek that was really super cool. And that's where, it I, where I hosted it the first like five years, six years that I, I ran that event. Now this last year I had to go virtual, which I'll, yeah. I want to get into talking about the whole virtual thing. But this year I'm actually shifting it to a larger space that is it's um so the red rocks amphitheater if you know the red rocks amphitheater where you know I've they have a lot of, of music a lot of music um um it, i mean it's it's very class it's one of the best places you can see concerts in the whole u.s it's it's fantastic it's in this beautiful red rock setting and right down the road is a new hotel that is called the origin hotel and it's super cool vibe it's like you walk in and there's there's cool colors and it's part of the red rocks um you know area and so you're, you're getting the vibe of the mu- musicians and um, I'm stoked about shifting it to this new space. It's a much bigger space, but it's got such a cool vibe. So I, I like the fact that, you know, I'm just thinking through my own event here. It's like that I feel like is a really nice alignment to, mm-hmm. to um, in this new shift that, that we're really taking. So I like it. Absolutely. And it's, it's nature's there, right? I mean, and mountains are out the back door mm-hmm. and it's, it's, so it's nature all around us. So I love that. that. I love it. Phenomenal. Yeah. So let's talk about what happened for you in 2020. And, you know, did you have to take events virtually? What, what, what happened and, and, and how did you, how did you maneuver through the year? 
Well, I, like many people did not think it would be a whole year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I certainly didn't. Um, no, we had just finished award season and I am so grateful that we got through award season. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier, we had done the Parasite Oscar party. It was a huge, massive event, a huge undertaking. And we had also done a convention at one of the hotels that's one of my clients. And we had done a, a party for FX at another venue that I, I work with. And we noticed things were starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And April, we had a huge event for Amazon that we do every year that canceled. We had a huge event that we do every year with a, an incredible client of ours, an insurance company. Um, they do a big event at Disneyland. And the day of our event was the day that Disneyland officially closed the parks. Oh man. So that canceled. I mean, we just saw a a wash of cancellation. Right. Right. And it was, it was very nerve wracking. You know, I, I'm a business person. Right. And I figured, you know, no matter what happened, it's going to bounce back. It just has to, we're not going to live in Los Angeles and not have any more movie premieres. Like, you know, things have been going on here for, for decades, it's not, you know, this will be a pause and a rebuild. And and that is what it is. So we had started working with, uh, an American Legion in Hollywood that had done a renovation and built a 482 seat theater. And clearly we were not going to be booking a 482 seat theater. So the team over there pivoted and we were a part of the team that helped create a drive-in so oh, we cool. helped them pivot to a drive-in. Yeah, they and they they were, there were still drive-ins to be found. We did a pop-up. It was amazing. Oh, you did a so pop-up sort of, drive-in. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. We popped up. We had um, we petitioned the city to get a year-long permit. The team at the Legion did all of this, and I was a part of that think tank as far as how do we market this and sell it. Mm-hmm. And we had a very busy season with that, you know, it was first, it was up getting it running and then doing the sales and marketing for it and getting people to want to do things in person. And Mm -hmm. we were really busy and then there'd be a spike and we'd kind of see things taper off and then things would get better. You know, LA has been up and down and up and down and up and down. And, Mm -hmm. um, so we did that and then filming started coming back. So we've been booking in a lot of production. We've done some stuff with HBO and Netflix for some of their series. Mm -hmm. And so we got those things in and now we're seeing a shift in things starting to like tiptoe into in-person, small in-person events. Right. So they're keeping it small is what you're seeing still. Yes. And we've done virtual, we've done quite a few really fun virtual events where we've had people zoom in, but we've Mm -hmm. also done hand deliveries to their homes. Yeah. We did one event that was just spectacular. We pitched to one of our gaming clients that they do a virtual dinner party. And so we basically had delivered to them all of the accoutrement that you would get at a restaurant, plates, forks, oh wow, glassware, tablecloths, placemats, personalized calligraphy menus, and the food. And oh my gifts. gosh. And then they signed on and we had a whole schedule where they'd warm up their food and they'd sit down and we'd play little games. We had drag queen bingo. We had a drag queen zoom in and we had bingo cards as a part of their, of their package and whatnot. So everybody's table looked the same because they were all using the same glassware and dishware and whatnot. So people would take, you know, their cameras and show, we got to see sort of what the table setup looked like in 40 different homes, but it still had that 
through line of similarity. So it did right. feel like they were connected. So it's just been one of those situations where have I had moments where I've been nervous and a little bit like what is happening here? 100%. Absolutely. But I do feel like what's gotten me through this is optimism and hope and positivity. Yeah. And I've very much leaned on my, I'm very lucky to have very close positive relationships with a lot of my clients Mm -hmm. and they've been so encouraging and we have stayed in touch and, and you know, I, I've just looked at it like what a crazy thing to live through, but events will come back. I just need to be creative, pivot and go out to these clients that I'm so lucky to work with and offer them a service. Well, I'm sure they're loving it because they had somebody that they could really lean into and say, when, when they're looking at what do I do with this now? And you could come in and help them see through a different way. What, what a, what a gift you were to those, those clients in in those moments of, of, Oh my God, what do we do? Right. Because I think we all have that kind of a moment where like, what do we do with this? And what do we do with that? And, and when we, I know even myself, when I was doing the, the, the shift in my event to take that virtual, when I had the team around me, to really lean into and say, okay, how do we make this the best damn virtual event that we can have? And how do we really raise up the energy of what's happening on the stage? Yeah. And we, we did, you know, we actually did do a stage where we could be on the stage, which was huge for me versus to, you know, just be speaking to a Zoom meeting. And, yeah. you know, I think that the, that, that having support around you, which is what you were doing was helping people see this through a whole different lens. So, so, so valuable. So when you, absolutely. And just to go back to your event too, moving virtual, I think that the one thing we weren't realizing while we were doing these things Mm -hmm. is that I think with businesses like yours pursuing through with a zoom option or a virtual option, I think it sends a message to people that we're not just going to lie down and die. We're not just going to, you know, this is the hand we've all been dealt, but we're all going to find ways to move forward and work with what we've got until we can get things back to normal. And I think that unbeknownst to a lot of people, I think that when I would see businesses like yours make those pivots and do creative things, it gave me so much hope because I was like, see, they're not just taking this line down. We're all going to band together. It's going to look different for a little bit, but if we can get through this and still connect and engage and find ways to keep our businesses alive and thriving, I think it's so inspirational and it sets such a message that we will, in fact, get through this. And, and we will. Yeah, we will. Yeah. I know it feels really good to be planning a live event in November. And so when I'm like, okay, and it, initially I was even thinking, should it be a kind of a, a combo, you know, both a hybrid event? Should it be a live and a virtual? And I'm like, no, this has got to be a live event. I am ready yeah. to stick a stake in the ground and just, we're going for live in November this year. Absolutely. And I think people are going to be going live long before November with, with events, you know, coming into the year as well. And it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. Any predictions on that? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, there's a lot going on in Los Angeles right now that gives me a lot of hope. Disneyland is opening. 
Um, Disney World's been open for a beat, but Disneyland is opening and Universal Studios is opening limited capacity, California residents only Mm -hmm. um, for a while. They haven't released when they're going to open that up. I think they're waiting to see. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm seeing the Hollywood Bowl is reopening. Mm-hmm. So again, limited capacity, but now we're talking about outdoor concerts. So just those two examples, I, I'm starting to feel like people are excited to get back out and interact. Yeah. So I've got people looking to me for small, bespoke, curated in-person events for June, July, mm-hmm. but small, like and 50 small, like people. 50? Yeah, 50 people or so. Mm -hmm. Um, Not a lot of mingling, more, you know, seated up on a rooftop, outdoors, Mm -hmm. whatnot. Um, But I feel as though as these businesses are starting to like reopen, theaters are starting to reopen, it's going to give businesses that are are a little bit hesitant due to liability. Right. Um, I think it's going to give them more confidence as to that we can, in fact, do this in a safe way. Yes. But the more big businesses open and, yeah. and kind of put that toe in the water, I think it does make people innately feel safer. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've already got people contacting me for Grammys, Oscars, and Globes for next year. So 2022. Yeah. So, so those planning. are going to be January and those February. will be big. Or at that those point. will be big. Maybe yeah. not as big as they were in yeah. 19, yeah. but you know, I mean, our, the, the Warner Grammy party that we did in 2019 was, or 20, this was 2020 because it was February. It was right before mm-hmm. everything closed down. I think they had like 750 people at that. So mm-hmm. maybe they'll reduce that down to 400, 500. I think people have to kind of look at that. Yeah. And I think that the way we serve food and the way that we interact, and I think that we'll still have the hand yeah. sanitizing I think stations. The food- and I think the food um, service is going to be definitely changed from absolutely I mean, just things that we, you know, used to just do. So take for granted, it's, it's going to be very different. Yeah. So, but yeah. I have hope. And I'm, yeah. you know, when you see things starting to open up like that, I think that these are companies that I think have really looked at the liability of all of this. They've yes. really looked at it from all angles because they have the, the, um, the, the monetization to, to, to right. spend that time and right. really, really look at it. And I think that if they're taking that risk and they're opening up, I think that's a cue to all of us that things are starting to right. become right. safer. So really model I think it's a what's good happening. Sign. Right. Exactly. And I think the hotel industry is very tuned into what's the right thing. So letting them be a guidance in the mix of some of that as well. So, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. Very cool. Um, what what has been one of the toughest lessons you've had to learn on this journey? I think one of the toughest lessons is that as you're growing, you're building your team. I think it's mm-hmm. very, very important to build a very strong and supportive team. And due to the fact that I am a small boutique business, my team and I spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people that are a great fit at year two aren't a great fit at year 12. Mm. And I think that one of the toughest lessons is recognizing what you need from your team and what your team needs from you. 
I've been really lucky to have been surrounded with an incredible team. My director of events, Marcus, has been with me for 12 or 13 years. Wow. And he is my right hand. And I, you know, he's grown along with the company and taken on so much more responsibility. But it can be tough when you see somebody in your world as, you know, this person's going to be with me forever. And then you see that they're, priorities may have shifted or something may have happened and, and they want to go in a different direction. So I think it's always important to be enormously positive when those things happen Mm -hmm. and be supportive of people. But I also think that you can't let somebody drag the rest of your team down either. Right. You know, you have to really pay attention to the energy that's going on there. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's been a tough lesson. I also think that Another one is I tend to be very self-sufficient. I don't tend to ask for help much. Mm -hmm. And what I have realized, especially when I was working, I was pregnant is if you don't ask for help, people don't (laughs) give it. So it's been challenging for me to come to that place where I see asking for help, not as a weakness, but a strength. Yeah. You know, I think as, as women, particularly we people please, and we tend to take a lot on And which I think makes us extraordinarily good at what we do. You know, the women that I work with, and I love the men that I work with too, but the women that I work with, especially the working mothers that I work with are so passionate and so hardworking and so on top of it and productive because they have to be, you know, I mean, you're juggling so many things. And so I think that it's been tough for me to make that transition into telling somebody, I really can't do this today. Like setting boundaries for myself, especially once I had children, right. you know, I, I, I how old don't are your children say that again. Sorry. How, how old are your children? They are 10 and seven. Okay. So, so nice. and I only took 10 days maternity leave with both of them. I went mm-hmm. back to work 10 days after I had each of them. Wow. And well, when you have your own business, it's not like I can take three months off. You know, mm-hmm. I had to be readily available And so, but I, but I did find that, you know, things that didn't bother me so much, a client texting me at 10 o'clock at night and this, that, the other, now I'm sort of a little more precious about my time and setting Mm -hmm. boundaries for myself. Right. Boundaries are huge. Yeah. And that's been a tough lesson too. It's been hard for me to do that because I do innately want to be there for everybody. I want everybody to feel like they're my only client. I want to be the person, you know, that I can call on her for anything, And I think when you're starting out, that's a great way to be because it does make you invaluable to your clients. But at some point you do have to kind of look at your time and your energy and your productivity and, and the way you're delegating things to your team. And you have to really say, I'm more effective by not being available 24 hours a day. I need to step back so that I am, I can set forward step forward. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's finding where it works for you and where it doesn't and really Great. learning to, to, to just set those expectations. Because once you set those expectations, people tend to really honor that. It's, it's just you finding that for yourself and then sharing absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that when you're starting a, a business, every, like when I started mine, everything fell on my shoulders. I was a one person team. And then as you grow and you bring people on, it can be challenging to let go of some stuff, (laughs) you know, especially when it's, I mean, my business is my name. It's Wade creative. So it's like, you do feel this 
truly impassioned tie to this. And you do, I feel enormously responsible for any decisions that are made because it's my business. And so, but I have had to really challenge myself and make myself understand that for my business to grow, I can't be involved in every single thing. And also it takes away from the success of my team. Absolutely. I want them to feel successful. Mm -hmm. Right. I want them to feel good about the, I want them to feel empowered and I want them to feel good about the successes that they're solely responsible for. And if I'm hovering over them and micromanaging them, I'm literally robbing them of that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Letting their creativity come out and that sort of thing. So Gina, where can people learn more about you and your business? Um, My website is ginawavecreative.com. I think the best social media um, avenue for me is Instagram and that's that at Gina Wade creative. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on Facebook, which is facebook.com backslash Gina Wade creative. Right. And we put up a lot of fun content. We put up a lot of stuff about the charity work that we do and the, we do a lot of political activism. Good. So that's on there. And then obviously all of our events are on there. We do a lot of behind the scenes stuff so people can see Oh my see God, I can't wait to follow together. it. <laughs> it's really fun. Totally and then can't every wait now and then I post about my little ones too. My daughter Emerson is quite the firecracker. So people always comment on my Emerson content. Oh my gosh. I can't <laughs> wait to follow you. I really can't. Thank so, you. Well, I can't wait to follow you back. Yeah. The, the final question I always end with are what three pearls of wisdom would you like to leave with our audience today? I gave this quite a bit of thought. Pearls of wisdom. Number one is if you want to get something out of something, you have to put in the work. I went to a women's convention one time and I found it very fascinating that they really leaned into this concept of if you love what you do, you won't feel like it's work. I love what I do. It is work. (laughs) Hallelujah. I love that. (laughs) There is no vision board. There is no, you know, quick fix weekend convention that you're going to go to that is ever going to take the place of hard work. I agree. Period. I love that. Um, and that's not to say that's a bad thing. It's just that there's no shortcut when, when it's your business Yeah. and it's, you know, and it's, it, there's no shortcut to quality work. There just isn't, you have to put in the work period. Yeah. So if you are trying, if you're looking at your position and you're looking at your career and you're like, how do I get from A to Z quicker and faster and skip the line? You might want to rethink what you're doing. Yes. So that is first. Mm-hmm. The second one is surround yourself with people that are aligned in your vision. I mentioned Marcus earlier, my director of events. Marcus is not just an employee. He's a colleague and he's family at this point. He's seen me get married. He's seen me pregnant. He's seen me have children. He's watched my children in the office while I ran out into the site tour. So, I mean, he and I are so aligned in what the Gina Wade creative messaging is, what our brand is, what our goals are, how we want the company to grow. And he is so supportive on every level. And on a personal level, I have a husband who is unbelievably aligned with me, mm. unbelievably hands-on and very supportive. That and if nice? I didn't I do have too. that, yeah, it, it's a game changer, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, after I had my kids, it was funny. I would have people come up to me mostly at late night events and be like, who's watching your kids? And I was like, their father, their dad. <laughs> <laughs> I asked my husband, I was like, has anybody ever asked you that? And like, yeah. 
drinks with clients? And he's like, no. Yeah. And I'm like, well, there we go. Exactly. So I think that it's so important to have a support system. And yes. then I think the last pearl of wisdom that I would share is I tend to people please, and I am definitely somebody that stresses about things because I so want to do right by my clients. I want them to be happy. I want them to, I want to perform for them. I want to take everything off their plate and whatnot. But I think that the thing to remember as well in any career is not everything's always going to go perfectly. And you're going to learn more about yourself if you come from a place of problem solving and troubleshooting than you are, if everything goes perfect, you know, anybody mm. can be a ship captain. If there's no waves in the sea, right. you really find out who you are when you get through rocky waters and we're all going to have them. It's no reflection of you or your work ethic or your job or your, you know, what you're producing. But I think that those are the times that you really find what you're made of. And you'll have so much more self-pride and gratitude and confidence when you look back at a rough time and say, I got through that. I made yes. it through that. And I came out the other side. Don't look at tough situations as problems mm -hmm. you know, or just give up or just say, I'm never going to be able to get past this. You've got to come at life especially your work life with a solution oriented set of eyes and surround yourself with vendors and teammates that have that same solution mindset. Because if everybody just sees a problem as a problem. Yeah. It's the really sinking show versus if you yeah. really start to see this it's, and, and so it's a learning opportunity as well, right? It's Absolutely. what we learn through that, that process of those, those rough waters. That's, that's where we really grow personally. Absolutely. So awesome. Well, Gina, this has been so much fun. I'm so excited to know you and what, a, just what an amazing business you have, uh, what an amazing journey you've had. And thank you for all your, your pearls of wisdom and wisdom throughout the whole interview. It's been a lot oh, of fun. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me, Cammie. I'm so excited to connect with you. I was so thrilled to hear that we were going to be talking me too. Today. I saw your, your bio. I'm like, oh yes. Amazing content. Yes. So I'm thrilled to make this connection and I'm so grateful that you had me. Yes. So, so much fun. Well, let's stay in touch and thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thanks for listening to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time.